Stephen, thank you, especially for that welcome home. It does feel like I'm home. Um, I want to thank the deans. I want to thank the faculty. I want to thank the friends and family who are here. We are all here to celebrate today the, the folks sitting right in front of us, uh, the people who are about to graduate, to be the newest uh, part of the legacy of this law school. And in speaking with you today, I want to honor to some extent that legacy. This is an amazing place to go to law school, right? The school founded by Jefferson, uh, who remains today one of the world's most renowned and revered lawyers, uh, not only because of his intellect and legal acumen, but frankly because he used his training as a lawyer to really reshape forever uh, the concept of the relationship between a government and its citizens. He imagined and he gave, gave form to a model of self-governance that was revolutionary in its time, but remains inspirational to people across the world, really hundreds of years later. He then spent most of his life as the ultimate, if a sometimes reluctant, public servant. He built out of his new idea a functioning republic. To do this, he had to embrace what I've come to view as the messiness of democracy. Right, that he, the model that he helped create. He recognized that only through sustained engagement is it possible to have a government that gives its citizens a true measure of freedom. I've spent much of my career serving in the federal government, and I can tell you, having walked the same rooms that Jefferson inhabited in the White House, that the messiness of democracy is one of its most enduring features. Uh, many of the challenges we face today vexed Jefferson in the early years of our Republic, divisive partisan posturing on all sides, a seeming preference to have an issue to use for political gain rather than to find a pragmatic solution to a problem, an electoral system that sometimes seems to favor extremists rather than those willing to compromise. The question I would ask each of you graduating today, as you set out from Jefferson's Law School on your legal career, is whether there is today as there was at the time of our nation's founding, a special role for lawyers. I believe there is. And while it may be somewhat unconventional to use a commencement address as a sales pitch, here it is, right? Your country needs you, your government needs you. We need lawyers in public service today more than ever. Why is that, you might ask? Well, lawyers, of course, have a very particular relationship to facts and truth. We have an adversarial law system that's designed to discover truth by marshalling facts and evidence and having opposing sides bring those to argue against each other and to pit them against each other for judgment. Here at the University of Virginia Law School, you have learned to think like a lawyer, right? That means you know you don't win by misrepresenting, mischaracterizing, or denigrating your opponent's arguments. You win, you think like a lawyer, when you imagine your, opposing, your opponent's views in its best and strongest possible form, and then you argue against it to show why your view is better. This model is useful beyond our courtrooms and beyond our conference rooms. You can use it as a guide to a better civic debate, civic engagement by citizens. You can use the model you learned here to insist that facts matter, even as we honor differences of opinion in policy. The distinction between opinion, facts, and falsehoods is critically important in a democracy. 
I am reminded ever more frequently of a statement attributed to another great lawyer and public servant, Senator Pat Moynihan of New York, who said that as a citizen of a democracy, you are entitled to your own opinion, but not your own facts. Lawyers, by training and inclination, value facts and evidence as the foundation of the quest for truth. We should all want government policies to, base, to be based on the best possible evidence. And where disagreements exist, as they will, we want our leaders to resolve them by respecting everyone's viewpoint, particularly those who see things differently, and then bringing their best game right, to persuade everyone that their view of policy decisions is the better case. In my career, I was lucky to have a lawyer and a very committed public servant as my mentor. Joe Biden taught me three key lessons in how to approach governing in a democracy. Reduced to their core, however, each of them really comes down to respecting your fellow citizens, especially those with whom we disagree. First, as he would put it, know what you're talking about. I can reassure you that no one on earth is a harder person to brief than Joe Biden. He has just an instinct for going right to the heart of your presentation that you kind of know is a little, still a little bit weak, where you haven't nailed everything down, where you might not have thought everything through. And as you're talking and he's pressing you, you know, you feel that. And if he gets to the point where he says to you, don't give me a bunch of malarkey, you know you're in trouble. And so, <laughs> This pressure, though, what he was trying to do by bringing this pressure to bear was to make you realize that if you didn't have the facts and the evidence to make your policy decision, it was not going to be necessarily a good one. He pressure tested what you were presenting to him to make sure that you don't assume your opinion is better than anybody else's. Facts are a check on arrogance. Facts are a check on too quick judgments that overlook the nuance and the complications. And facts are a check on what might feel good but can't withstand reasoned scrutiny. This is the first step of the hard work of governing. Second, he taught me, whenever possible, look for the places where you can build consensus. This means you have to focus more on what you have in common with someone than on where you disagree. And it means being patient. Governing is an iterative process, so be willing to make some progress, even if it's not all the way to the end of the goal line. Compromise, right, sometimes today thought of as a little bit of a sign of weakness, is actually the second step in the hard work of governing. Third, he taught me, disagree with your opponent's views, but don't question his or her integrity. Some things are simply too corrosive to a productive working relationship. This, in my view, is actually Joe Biden's secret, right? The explanation of why he could work throughout his long career with people across the political spectrum. I watched him. I watched him interact with his friends, those he agreed with, like Ted Kennedy, by the way, another great alum of this school, uh, but also people with whom he mostly disagreed, Strom Thurmond, Jesse Helms, John McCain. These people were his friends and his colleagues, and he was able to work productively with them because he respected them. What these lessons taught me is that democracy requires its leaders and its citizens to broaden our gaze, to recognize that what we have in common is so vastly more important than what separates us. Think about some of the things you've learned here representative government, free speech and free exercise of religion, 
a right to privacy, and the pursuit of happiness from unwarranted government intrusion. These are among the core values of, that all of us have as Americans. While we may argue about the details, they remain shared guiding principles. They are also exceedingly rare and at risk in our world today. Lawyers have a special competence and therefore, I believe, a responsibility to defend the difficult process of distinguishing fact from opinion, truth from obfuscation, and to do so with respect and civility. Lawyers are uniquely equipped to help our nation rebuild the trust that what we have in common far outweighs and is more valuable than what we have in difference. I encourage each of you to take the model of the university's founder and serve these values. My hope is that you will use the skills you learned here in whatever way feels most engaging to you, be it in full-time public service or in part-time volunteering. I promise you, if you get engaged, you will feel engaged. There is nothing more fun than working on something and realizing it's gonna be in the top story uh, on your uh, smartphone the next day. Um, and knowing at the same time, taking the long view, that you're, you're helping to write that next chapter of history. So I promise, if you try it, you will find public service intellectually challenging and satisfying. I hope you will use what you've learned here to be an agent of change. All right, that's my sales pitch. Now I can offer you a few words of practical advice as you set out from here for whatever career, you, career path you embark on. First, know that you have a long career in front of you. Pace yourselves, right? Work around the clock when you need to, but make sure you have a life beyond work. Recognize that it's the personal relationships in your life that are most important and require just as much effort, time, and dedication as work. Family is the most critical resource you have. Nurture those you love and who love you. I learned this too from Joe Biden. He taught me that those we love are the source of motivation, hope, and resilience. He asked me to come back to public service after I spent a decade home full-time raising my kids. He encouraged me to shape a schedule that would allow me to be home for dinner most nights, not the typical White House schedule, I might add. Uh, and he jokingly reminded me that I had a phone and he could call me if there was an emergency. But he showed me through this example that those we love are the very reason that we work so hard to make the nation a better place. They're also the source of all the comfort and encouragement we need as we face the inevitable challenges and setbacks in any career. Second, build for yourself what I call a personal board of directors. This means you can gather around you a small group of people you really trust uh, who can be your sounding board on important decisions. Make sure you include in this group people that you can count on to see things differently, right? People who will test your intuitive inclinations. One of the best people on my board is someone I disagree with constantly, but her probing questions make me think harder, and when I disregard her advice, as I inevitably do, I feel so much better about the decision because she's helped me test it. Uh, use this group to seek advice about the decisions that will shape your life, both personal and professional, about ethical dilemmas you will face, about how to handle mistakes you'll make, and how to recover from losses and failures, all of which, again, are inevitable in any career. Third, by dint of your UVA law school degree, you will be assumed to have the intellect for any job you may want. Build on that by investing in your reputation for hard work 
more importantly for teamwork, for integrity, for thoughtfulness, and good judgment. Every job I have ever been offered, sometimes years later, came about because I had impressed someone that I possessed this combination of characteristics. In fact, one of the most formative of those experiences happened here at UVA Law School. My first day here, all those many years ago, I was waiting in line for something and I struck up a conversation with another first year. I went on to be his note editor on the Virginia Law Review and uh, we somehow survived that despite the fact that he missed every deadline I tried to impose. Um, his name was Tom Donlan and he worked with a number of our nation's leaders after graduating, most recently serving as President Obama's National Security Advisor. A half dozen years after knowing him here, when I decided to leave private practice to go, go into government, he made one call for me, and the next thing I knew, I was counsel for constitutional law at the United States Senate for the Committee on the Judiciary. You never know who will help you make a move or land your dream job, but you can be sure it will be because of what you were like as a colleague. Fourth, be curious. Ask for help from those with more experience. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a way to learn faster. Be open to forks and turns in the road. Sometimes your career will take paths and turns you never could foresee. When I left the law school, I wanted to be a trial lawyer. I could not have imagined the career that I've had in public policy. A career that allowed me to practice constitutional law. I can't tell you how many times when I sat in my office in the Senate or my office in the White House that I turned to the Constitution not as an academic exercise, but as my primary source of information about whether the executive or the legislature had the authority to act in a particular instance. Finally, be kind and respectful to yourselves and to others. Know that while life can be unfair and sometimes people will disappoint you, humans have an amazing capacity for goodness. Nurture that capacity in yourself and in those around you and demand it of those who run our government. Thank you. Congratulations to the University of Virginia Law School class of 2018. All the best to each of you.